Welcome to the PC Speaking Podcast series, Through the Bible in a Year, where we come together for daily reading and reflection as we journey through the scriptures. Let's dive into today's episode with Pastor Chris Miller. Hello and welcome to day 21 of our Through the Bible in a Year reading program. I hope your reading is going amazing and you are right up to date and everything's going well for you. Um, If not, well, hop back in and get back with it. Well, today our memory verse comes from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And to open up, I'm going to read Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30, where we uh, we come to these memory verse days and we take that passage that the memory verse is part of and we expound on that. So I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30 to open us up. This is what it says. It says, at that time, Jesus said, I thank you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to infants. Even so, Father, for it seems good in your sight. All things are delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. Come to me. All you who labor are heavily burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When the reading guide, as you've likely found by now, there's an introduction to each of the books of the Bible as we come to them. Um, Maybe you've uh, read that already. And each of the Gospels presents Jesus differently in a specific way. And we'll talk about those as we go through this. And the book of Matthew presents Jesus as the Messiah. Matthew connects the life, the teachings, the miracles of Jesus with the many prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament, showing him to be the coming Messiah. And he demonstrates how Jesus fulfills Old Testament prophecy, which is proof that Jesus is the Messiah. And he does that by bringing all of the the miracles, the parables, teaching, even the confrontations that Jesus has with the religious leaders by bringing all those things together and presenting Jesus as a Messiah. And Matthew, he invites us and encourages us to follow and Jesus and live the transformed life that comes along with following Jesus. And one of the struggles Christians often have is that sometimes the Christian life can feel burdensome. And, you know, I suppose all of us struggle with that a bit at some point. But one of the things we'll see in our passage today is that the Christian life shouldn't be burdensome. And if it is, um, it's, it's probably because we're doing something wrong. The more we embrace who Jesus is and what he teaches, the less burdensome it is to be his follower. Because the Bible is such a foundational part of our culture. Even people who have never read the Bible will recognize certain passages, certain sayings, certain quotes from the Bible. And our passage today might be one of those. But it's likely if you've been a Christian for a while, you recognize this passage and you recognize it when we read it and you've heard it before. And well, hopefully you read it this past week. And 
what can sometimes happen when we hear a passage that we are familiar with, that we've heard many times, that we've read many times, we can, without really even thinking about it and realizing we're doing it, we can say, oh, I already know that and, and kind of tune out when we hear it. And I have to admit that when I am reading books or websites and you know the author quotes scripture or something, I have a tendency to say to myself, oh, I know that, I've read it and just breeze over it. And you know, often I will catch myself and I'll go back and, and actually read it like I should, but it's easy to do that. And sometimes when I'm, you know, if I'm listening to a podcast or other sermons or something and I hear a topic come up, I'm like, ah, I know that pretty well and I'll just kind of tune out. But one thing that's for sure is that the Bible is a book of great depth and we can come to a passage that we may have heard multiple times, that we've read multiple times, and we can find things in there that we may not have noticed before. But for that to happen requires us to humble ourselves and repent from that I've already heard this or I already know this attitude. And when we do that, a fresh perspective might be shown to us, revealed to us that we haven't seen before. And, you know, it doesn't mean that it's new or different or something's changed. It may be, it's just the first time maybe that we've seen it. And we often make new discoveries when we are willing to humble ourselves and listen. And that's part of what Jesus is saying in our passage. The Bible says, at that time, Jesus said, I thank you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to infants. Even so, Father, it seemed good in your sight. All things are delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. Now, what we could call this, we could call this a paradox of divine revelation. I kind of like that fancy, fancy sounding word. In this passage, Jesus thanks his father for hiding things from the wise and prudent and revealing them to infants. That sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? But what we can learn from this is that the truth of God, the teaching of Jesus, and even the gospel is hidden from the arrogant, but it's shown to the humble. Two people can hear the same thing. One person can can hear the gospel, and if they are a scoffer, they won't grasp and accept the truth of the gospel. They won't believe it, so they won't know it. And by the same token, if a person is humble, willing to hear, willing to listen, the truth of the gospel is revealed to them. God will reveal and make clear the truth of his word to those who are willing to humble themselves and hear it. Truth is hidden from those who are arrogant, from people who reject it and shown to those who are humble. So understanding and accepting the truth of God's word has little or nothing to do with intellectual ability. And that's gonna be controversial for some. I was reading a study about that recently and I thought it was great. It said faith you know, has little to nothing to do with intellect. Everyone is equally susceptible to confirmation bias. Everyone's equally susceptible to living in an echo chamber, surrounding ourselves with people who think just like we do and thinking like them. And there's sometimes a stigma um, placed on people who have faith or attached to the idea of having faith that people who have 
faith are somehow less intelligent than those who don't. Um, And that makes sense to the people who say that because they're the ones who don't have faith and they're the ones who are saying that. And the reason a person does or does not accept the truth of God, it's not an intelligence versus stupidity issue. It's not a rational versus irrational issue. It's a pride versus humility issue, which is what we're seeing in verses 25 through 27. So people who consider themselves to be too intelligent to be believers are not in, are not unbelievers because they are intelligent. They're not unbelievers because they are irrational. They are unbelievers because they are arrogant, nothing more. Therefore, those who are proud of their own intellect, such as the Jewish leaders of Jesus's day, and well, many people in the world today are unable to comprehend the truth of God's word, not because they're smart, but simply because they're arrogant. And someone might be very intelligent and not perceive the basic truths of God's word simply because they're arrogant and unwilling to humble themselves. When even a little child can perceive the same basic truths because the child is humble. The child can understand them because they're willing to humble themselves where an arrogant person cannot. So don't let someone lead you to believe that uh, people who have faith are somehow less intelligent or irrational than than those who don't or vice versa. It's, it's not about intelligence or rationality. There's very intelligent people, very rational people who are unbelievers, very intelligent, irrational people who are believers. It's about arrogance and humility. And the same, the same is true for believers as well the truth of God being revealed. You know, you may be a saved believer, but truth is still revealed to people who are humble. You can't, if you can't humble yourself to learn, you won't learn. That's just reality. And I've encountered many Christians who were uh, just too arrogant to learn. I've wondered for years sometimes that some of the stuff that I've known people have gotten very hung up on, some very simple truths of scripture. And I'm like, why don't they get that and often is dealing with some kind of legalism or something like that. And I've wondered why do people struggle with such simple things at times? And the light kind of came on one day and it's, it's the same reason the Pharisees wouldn't listen to Jesus. It's arrogance and not, you know, I don't want to sound conceited, but I have that same problem as I mentioned earlier. Sometimes I'm like, ah, I've already heard this. I already know it. I don't need, need that information. Um, sometimes we think we've got it all figured out. And, you know, we think there's nothing left to learn. You know, that's just the reality. It happens at times. But when I come to a passage of scripture, it's easy for me to do this. And it, you know, maybe you're beyond that. Maybe you've already worked that out for yourself. But a lot of us struggle with it. It's easy for me to say, I've already figured it out, breeze over it. And I know we're probably all guilty of that at times. And if I do that, I'm being arrogant. And I'm not going to learn from that passage of scripture because of that. And those who are proud of their own learning are unable to learn. Those who think they already know can't be taught. They don't want to be taught. They can't learn. And that's, that's the paradox of divine revelation. It doesn't matter how smart you are. You will be blind to the truth of God's word if you're arrogant about it. That's just the way it works. When we come to scripture... 
Knowing that, we can see that we actually play a role in what we learn and what we discover by our willingness to humble ourselves when we come to God's word. To our human brain, that sounds counterintuitive. You know, it sounds like, well, if I'm, you know, smarter, more IQ, whatever, I should be able to learn more. Divine truth, divine revelation from scripture are not accessible through IQ, through human wisdom, but through childlike humility. And the cool thing about that is that anyone can know God's truth. The not so cool thing about that is that we all struggle with arrogance at times. Now, just before this passage, Jesus talked about how people rejected the message of John the Baptist and himself. And he talked about cities where he had performed, you know, most of his mighty works, I think is the quote. And these cities did not repent. So he went, he performs all these miracles, does all these wonderful things. And, you know, the cities didn't believe him. They didn't repent. And when Jesus rebukes those unrepentant cities, he emphasizes, underscores, underlines the need for humility. Arrogance keeps us from truth and arrogance keeps us from repentance. And I would take this so far as to call it a principle. Okay, arrogance keeps us from learning. And that's a principle that's just built into creation. That's how God's creation works. It really doesn't matter what field you're in, where you are, what you do. Um, you can't be arrogant and learn at the same time. You know, um, sometimes things might happen to humble us and then we can learn, but you you can't be arrogant and learn at the same time. But specifically for Christians, which is you know what we're talking about, is the fact that if a person is prideful and relies on his own understanding, he will be unable to grasp the simplicity of the gospel and the truths of God's word that even a child can understand because of the difference between arrogance and humility. He'll still be subject to the same truth. Okay, that doesn't change. We're all subject to the same truth. It's just he won't comprehend it, won't understand it, won't believe it. And there's a genuine call to each of us that challenges us to approach God's word humbly with an open heart, with an open mind, ready to learn, ready to be transformed. And there are times that we all struggle with that. You know, when we're, you know, think, well, I already know this. Sometimes we feel like, well, I've already got this figured out, whatever it might be. Now, as we move forward in our passage today, we come to uh, our memory verse for today, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, which says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavenly burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In these different cities and in his ministry throughout the gospels, Jesus is often in conflict with religious leaders, Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, these people, you constantly see conflict. When we read the passages where these conflicts occur, we see that most, um, maybe even all of the conflicts between Jesus and the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees had to do with the unnecessary burdens they were placing on people. They had added to the law 
and placed burdens on people that God did not. They added things to it. I don't know, maybe they just thought they were, you know, who knows why we do that, but it's, you know, it's not just the Pharisees. We all have a tendency for that. Obviously, placing burdens on people, unnecessary burdens is a problem. But even worse is that it misrepresents who God is and what he desires. They had made access to God or righteousness expensive and laborious for people, which is what legalistic religion does. And still today, there's ongoing danger that we might add something that isn't there, add something that shouldn't be there, add something that's not necessary. Jesus's conflicts with the religious leaders, particularly the Pharisees, illustrate the burdensome nature of legalistic religion. And religion that makes additions to God's plan of any kind is burdensome. And that's what the Pharisees did. They imposed heavy religious burdens on people. And through the gospel, God has, you know, imposed that burden of righteousness, not on you and me, but on himself. That's what Jesus did. He kept the law. He kept, he carried that burden, but it requires humility to know and accept that truth. And people always struggle with that regardless of the day and age in which they live. And there's a tendency to want to add something to that, to say, oh, it's too simple. You know, how can, it's just not enough. I need to do something else to add something to what Jesus has done. But what Jesus has done is enough. That's the beauty of it. And whether it be a Pharisee in the Bible or a modern day legalist, Think about the arrogance it requires to add something to God's plan, to what God has done. It's like saying, you know, God, what you've done is not quite good enough, but here I'll fix it for you and I'll make sure people comply with that. And the gospel of Matthew presents Jesus as a Messiah who who fulfills Old Testament prophecy. And he also presents Jesus as humble, and he presents him as compassionate, which is also a core part of our passage. When we read this passage, sometimes, you know, come follow me, take my yoke upon you. It's light, it's easy. Sometimes that can be interpreted. And while it's possible to get the idea, maybe to take it the way that sounds like Jesus wants to make our life easier, but it's essential to understand what he means when he says that. Notice he says, rest for your soul. These verses are about setting down the burdens of sin, legalism, and self-righteous religion through humility. Taking the yoke of Jesus upon yourself doesn't exempt you from difficulty. Be nice if it worked like that, but it just doesn't. Jesus offers rest for your soul from the burdens of legalism, self-righteousness, and sin. Life is going to be similar as a follower of Jesus. Matter of fact, at times, in some ways, it may even be more difficult, but it will be without the burden of working to gain God's acceptance and being set free from the impositions that um, legalistic religion often wants to impose on people. And you've probably, you know, probably seen a yoke of oxen in a movie picture or something like that. Um, and a yoke is a cross piece that's fastened over the necks of two animals and then attached to a plow or cart or whatever 
so they can pull it. And when Jesus talks about this yoke, he's talking to religious people and he's talking about the burdens of religious burdens imposed by legalistic people like the Pharisees. And there's a very important application we should consider when we talk about legalistic religion and religious burdens and things like that is that we all have the ability in us to become that Pharisee. We can impose religious burdens on people that God does not. And, you know, that doesn't mean that we don't hold the biblical moral standards and all that kind of stuff and live our lives as best as we can for the Lord as his followers. But the reality is, is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way. Humility doesn't add anything to that. It doesn't take anything away from that. But arrogance does. Everyone comes to Christ the same way. Putting boundaries around how we live and how other people live and you know religious works and all that kind of stuff is pointless without the gospel first. Now, another area that we can become a Pharisee, and this is probably the most likely for most of us, is that we can even become a Pharisee unto ourselves. We can place ourselves under the heavy burden of, of a system of religious works, just like the Pharisees did to other people, we can do that same thing to ourselves. And, you know, how does that happen? Well, it happens because of our own arrogance. We think, well, you know, I need to add something to this. I need to do this. I need to do that or to make myself right with God. Our arrogance keeps us from the truth that Christ is enough. And when we do that, that leads us to burdensome and joyous religious obligations. So sometimes if we are feeling burdened as a follower of Jesus, maybe we need to step back and take a look and saying, okay, am I adding things to my spiritual walk that Jesus does not? Am I adding things that don't need to be there? Am I placing myself under some obligation that isn't necessary? Or am I taking up the yoke of Christ? Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you to religious people living under the burden of legalistic religion. And in that yoke, there is salvation and coming to know the gospel of Christ. You know, we can, we can definitely tie that in, but it also involves the daily living and ongoing work as his follower. You know, that's really the idea there. You yoke up with Jesus, you pull the cart, you know, you live your life for him, you serve him. So when he's talking about this burden, he's talking about the ongoing life as a follower of Jesus. And I read somewhere that the Pharisees had come up with over 600 regulations for the Sabbath day in regards to working on the Sabbath. And some of them were kind of, interesting. And even some of them were even kind of conical. Um, watering plants was considered a violation of the Sabbath because it's like farming or agriculture or writing more than two letters, not like a whole letter, but like a letter A and then the letter B would be considered a violation of the Sabbath. Um, sewing two stitches uh, was considered work in a violation of the Sabbath. I don't know why you could sew one, but not two, but apparently that's the case. And one of my favorites was that the Pharisees made up rules about tying and untying knots. It was considered a violation of the Sabbath to 
tie and untie knots unless you could untie the knot with one hand. Now, why that is, I have no idea, but I thought that was kind of funny. Now, some of that, it may be folklore. Folklore, I don't really know, but it gives us an idea of the human capability, capacity to attempt to take what God has done and add to it just to be safe, just to be safe. And if, you know, it's one thing if an individual feels a certain way about something and feels like they are honoring God if they do a certain thing, if they dress a certain way, if they do a certain thing, it's okay to do that. You know, if you feel like I'm going to honor God if I do this thing, it becomes a problem when uh, it becomes a means of acceptance by God. Like if I don't do that, God's going to reject me. It becomes a bigger problem when I begin to place that burden on others as well, which is the yoke of the Pharisees and a yoke we sometimes place on ourselves in our own arrogance. And not only is it just uh, like, well, acceptance by God, but it's almost like a God's going to like me more or better, or I'm going to be more accepted if I do things this certain way. That's still legalism. And Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavily burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm meek and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is encouraging people to lay down the burden of the heavy burden of oppressive self-righteous religion and take up his yoke. He says, if you do, you'll find rest for your souls. His burden is light because he's done all the heavy lifting already. He kept the law. He shed his blood. He suffered in our place. His invitation is to lay down the burden of self-righteousness, making ourselves right with God and follow him. And of course, following Jesus, you know, the part of that is following his commandments. It means living our life for him as best as we're able. But we follow those commandments without the burden of sin, without the burden of self-righteousness, without the burden of, of worrying about being rejected because we are accepted in Christ. And keeping those commandments is a means of being accepted by God because we don't have to do that because Jesus has already done that for us. And when you look back on the sermon on the Mount in chapters five through seven, um, in some ways, the commands of Jesus are more challenging than the Old Testament laws. The Pharisees gave people lots of things to do, commands to follow, um, which is what legalistic religion does. You know, as long as you put up a front, as long as you put up a facade and you look good and people around you perceive you as good, you're good. But Jesus takes things beyond that. He takes them beyond just appearance. He says, I don't want you to just do something. I want you to be someone. And there's a big difference there between just, you know, trying to look good on the outside and actually being someone different on the inside. And he says, you know, I don't want you to just keep up appearances for others to see. I want you to become my follower inside and out. And the reason the joke, the yoke of Jesus is easy and his burden is light is because of his perfect adherence to God's law. Jesus bore the burden of the cross for us. He's already done that through his obedience. Righteousness is attributed to us when we place our faith and our trust in him. And our response to Jesus is, is taking his yoke upon ourselves, living a life of faith 
of love, of obedience. And that's far better than the crushing burden of self-righteousness, uh, the crushing burden of a workspace religion that works to gain God's approval. Um, whether that's imposed on us by a religious system or other people or even by ourselves. Taking up that yoke, you know, of following Jesus, taking his yoke upon ourselves, um, it's probably won't relieve or even simplify many of our earthly challenges, our physical struggles. Those things aren't going away. They're still going to be something that we have to work through. But what it does do is it reframes them. We see them from a different perspective. In following Jesus and living in obedience to him, we find the strength, the peace, and the wisdom needed to navigate those difficult circumstances in life. When we take on the yoke of Christ, it's not oppressing and giving us more burdensome difficulties to navigate, but it's uplifting. It gives us strength and wisdom to navigate the difficulties that we all face. And when you think about it, you know what? You're going to be under a yoke of some sort. You really are. You're going to be carrying some kind of burden. That's something we always do something we're always going to be going through. Choose the one that's light and easy. Put your faith and your trust in Jesus and continue to live for him daily. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to listen today and I look forward to speaking to you again tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today on the PC Speaking Podcast. Tune in tomorrow for another episode of Through the Bible in a Year. If you have found this helpful, please follow the podcast and share it with a friend. It is our hope and prayer that every episode helps enrich your relationship with God and His Word. 